The following is a presentation of the Wide Open Mic Podcast Network. For information on this and other podcasts, please go to www.wideopenmic.net. Two players, two sides. Do you have any idea how badly I want to kill you? One is light. Hey, damn it, run! One is dark. We're the good guys, Michael. Son of a bitch. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! Dude? You are? I love you, Betty. But if we can't live together, nice as friends, I've always loved you. We're gonna die alone. Don't you leave me. I'm so sorry, guys. We have to go back, Kate. I love you. We have to go back. everyone welcome back to we have to go back a lost rewatch podcast and ladies and gentlemen we are all here and super excited for tonight's episode man i'm gunner everyone's here Dodge, future jess keith we're all here man and uh i don't like i don't like to go behind the curtain much guys as you know that I don't know how many guys know we're a couple weeks ahead on our recording because there's times like coming up where uh, I'm on vacation. Keith's taking like the whole month of March off. <laughs> uh, and so there's times that, that, you know, I like to get a couple shows in if we can. So I don't like to give a peek behind the curtain. But today, ladies and gentlemen, as we record this is Valentine's Day. And what a better way to spend Valentine's Day than with Rose and Bernard in their flashback. What a great episode, man. We can use that great lightly. It was it was <laughs> an mean, okay episode. It was an episode, that's yeah. for sure. I guess we can yeah. say an episode. I, I wouldn't say it was a great episode. I I found myself struggling to pay attention to it for most of it. Really? I, I, I think this is a great episode, and I'll, I can explain why later. Is it the greatest episode ever? It, it may be. It may be the number one episode of all time. But I'll tell I'll, I'll, I mean, to explain it now would be, I think, jumping the gun. I think I'll explain it later. All right. My basis for it. All right. Fair enough. Well, you know what? Before we, uh, before we get into this episode... For those out there, we are at Season 2, Episode 9, SOS, Finally a Rose and Bernard episode. We've Wait, all been did waiting. S- did you say Episode 9? 19. 19. Oh, season okay. 2, Episode 19. Sorry, SOS. So uh, I'll, I'll give the deets, and then I'll uh, get a little introduction on this episode. But this, was, this did drop on April 12th, 2006. One week after the previous episode, directed by Eric Lonville, who this is his second episode. It might have been his last as well. I didn't put that in my notes, but I think this was last one. The only other one he did was 48 Days Later, another one featuring Bernard quite heavily. This might be the quintessential Bernard director, at least for now. So it was written by Scott uh, Medea and uh, Leonard Dick. Uh, This is uh, Steve Medea. And Leonard Dick. This is Steve's fourth, uh, Leonard's sixth, and this would actually be the final episode they both wrote for the series. So, and I know we talked about Steve Madea at the beginning of the season. It was a big deal when they brought him in. They stole him from oh man, that Law and Order, not Law and Order. I uh, know they stole him from like X Files or something. So you can go back to one of the first episodes. We talked about that. So all of the cast appeared in this episode, except one person, guys. Who was it? It's not the usual that we it's always not. say. Oh, it's not. Oh, was it? we didn't see. Um, what's his name? Um, um, the Iraqi guy. Saeed? Oh, there was no Saeed. Yep. We didn't go. see Saeed. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Though he is mentioned. He he is mentioned. All right. So um, this was guest starring the great L. Scott Caldwell as Ruth Nadler and Rose Nadler and Sam Anderson as Bernard Nadler. And uh, I believe, Jess, you can answer me. This is the first time uh, 
that all of the characters associated in the flashback that none of them were official starring cast. So yeah, I think this is uh, the first time. Is it the only time? Well, no, because I know one more this season. We'll get to that later. Okay. All right. <laughs> I believe. I don't. I think I'm right on that one, right? I think you are, now that you say it. All right. So awesome guest starring uh, Wayne uh, Pygram, who I, he was Isaac of uh, Uluru, and I put it in my notes later, but he's most famous for me. He played uh, Grand Moff Tarkin in Revenge of the Sith. And they cut like all the scenes. So he's just in one scene at the end where he's wearing a prosthetic. But anyway, and of course, Michael Emerson as the captive, formerly known as Henry Gale, who is requesting that we still call him Henry Gale. Um, And then co-starring only one person, uh, Donna Smallwood, as she's credited as Aussie woman, but she was Isaac's assistant. And for the first time in a long time, we have not credited as three non-credited's. We had Chris Candela as Craig, Brian Soto as Richard, and uh, one more, Madison. Who did Madison play? Anyone besides Jesse? Anyone? Wait, what? Was that somebody from the flashback? Uh, nope, they were not oh. in the flashback. They were uncredited. Was it the guy that was... Uh... Um, when Bernard was asking people to help uh, carry, he turned around to those two guys that I'd never seen before. Nope. Madison. They said they would help. Madison is Vincent the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Who's uncredited. Shitty agent, as we like to say, but, but good to have Vincent back. Yeah. Made a little, little appearance. Let us know that it was still alive. That was nice. So uh, before we get into this episode, uh, I do want to play a little clip. Just from our good friends, Darlton, just kind of uh, explaining a little little bit, something we've all wanted to know, but here, we'll let them explain it. Rose and Bernard. Why did they finally get a flashback, Damon? Well, I uh, that, that that's a flashback that was long overdue. We feel, you know, one of the things on the show that we often um, talk about and want to do is, is bring up members of the chorus, you know, uh, and uh, the idea that there are these other people on the island other than sort of our main group. And, and Rose and Bernard are sort of the more prominent members of that sort of community of, of other people. And uh, we brought them back together from different sides of the island. And people were really uh, curious and interested in, you know, what their backstory was. And we had always sort of talked about at least who Rose was and how her, uh, she and Bernard met. And, you know, I said, think let's hey. just cut to the chase. I mean, people think Bernard is hot and they wanted to see more of him. That's and true. that was basically the bottom line. People came up and said, man, Bernard is a hottie. They, let's find out what his story is. We always hear there's not enough romance on the island and not That's enough true. people making out. And we said, well, I know who I want to see making out. Oh, my God. On the DVD, there is a love scene with Rose and Bernard. That, it was you know, too hot for it TV. It was way too hot for TV. <laughs> they, they won't even show it in Scandinavia. It's that hot. Rose and Bernard. The Nard Dog. How hot would could how hot would that scene have been of them making out so hardcore that it was bad? Uh, no, I saw it on on dark web. It's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Never mind. It's it's everything you imagined and more. Nice. Well, then nice. I wanted to. So Keith, you are our non Rose liker on this show. After seeing her backstory, do you have more love for Rose now? Um, I don't know if I have love, but you could say that I understand she belongs in the show, maybe. All right. Hmm. All right. Well, let's she, just. She, she, she's climbed into the. She's an actual person before she was just a waste of time. Oh, I'm glad you're coming around. By her eighth or ninth flashback, you'll be loving her. So uh, this episode does cover day 63 on the island. And like we've said, it is a Rose and Bernard-centric episode. Let's just jump into this, guys. The episode opens with Rose and Bernard bickering, and Bernard points out that they have been, uh, they've given up on being rescued. So, Fuge, have they given up? And at one point, should they give up and just accept the fact that they're not getting rescued? I mean, there's truly giving up and then realizing, like, Hey man, we might get rescued, but it might be three or four years from now. 
So like, <laughs> we gotta like take care of some shit in the meantime. Like, it's I, I think they associate giving up with just like admitting they're gonna be there for a minute, right? And, and to but, me, they're they're not the same. But you I have just, to realize too that 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 thing of food just came in last episode. So now they're like, wait a minute, there's people flying over this island, just like Bernard was saying. So he's like, there's got to be things that's going to be happening so we should prepare uh, yeah but i'm also sitting here going that that plane flew over like explicitly at night no one heard or saw anything right they just they just found the the parachute mm-hmm. right they didn't hear a plane fly over they're assuming no, no i i get it but i'm saying that and i mean to be honest we don't being, we don't even know that a parrot that it dropped like from a plane, like it just showed up in the it island. It could have come from underneath. Earth. We don't know. Could be a geyser shooting them up. The others could have been out there like all night putting that stuff out there. Maybe it's poison. They're going to kill them all. You know, it could have um, landed in the ocean and then they brought it on there and, and put it there. Like there's a million. Oh, oh, look, all I'm saying is no one heard an airplane, which they probably would have heard. Uh, it flew by at night. So even if they made some form of sign, they wouldn't see their fucking beach writing at night. It's fucking pitch black. Um, again, the whole thing just comes back to like, look, building some basic amenities doesn't mean you're giving up. It just means you're like accepting your situation. And maybe that's a little healthy at this point. Way to put it. Way to put it. All right. So then next we go to the hatch or I guess we can now call it the swan. Right, Jesse? We all know it's yeah. the swan. So. It's a swan. We'll start calling it the swan. Um, so John is trying to recount that map that he saw when the when the computer starts beeping again. And it kind of seems like he doesn't want to push the button so he can look at the map again. So, Keith, do you think that Henry actually pushed the button when he said he did? And on that, what do you think will happen if John doesn't push the button? I'm torn on that one because I know last week I said I thought he didn't push the button and he's being honest, but his mischievous grin today uh, has me thinking otherwise. So Henry I'm thinking, Gale, may- man. yeah, maybe he's trying to play mind games with um, with John just so John will not push the button, and then whatever happens to them, you know, is is something that he'll be happy with. And do you think he knows what'll happen if John doesn't push the button? If there is actually, if there is something that does happen, then yes, he would be aware of it because that's the reason why so, this so, has been going so, on all this time. So we can pretty much assume that if, uh, what's his name again? Henry Gale. Uh, I almost called him Richard. I don't. Richard is the extra from later today. If Henry Gale knows what happens when you push the button, don't push the button. They're obviously not all going to die if they don't push the button, right? We can all kind of assume that. Otherwise, he would make sure that he puts that button so they all stayed alive. At least that's kind of how I'm reading it. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's a nuclear bomb that's going to blow up the island. Yeah, at this point. I don't think he'd let everybody just knowingly die. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then still in the hatch, uh, Jack and Anna Lucia attempt to talk to Henry. And Jack changes the bandage from Russo Zero and... Uh, he tells him his plans that he's going to go to walk the line and uh, ask them the line that friendly told him that they shouldn't cross. And he's going to essentially trade Henry for Walt, which Henry claims that they wouldn't do. So Jesse, I, it's hard to ask you a lot of questions, but knowing what you know now, do you think that they would trade uh, Walt for Henry? Um, I think that, I don't think they would give up Walt. I think, uh, Henry was being truthful. You know, Walt is, he's special and they went through a lot of effort to get him. So I think they would just, uh, be like, you know, you're on your own, Henry. Okay. What about anyone, anyone else have a different view? Keith, what are you, what's your thought? Um, yeah, I mean, mine's not too much different from from what um jesse said so like how high on the list do you think henry is keith um he can't be too high because they're not coming for him at this point okay unless it's a massive you know ruse that you know we will see later but 
I'd say, I'd say maybe if we're looking at um, uh, sea level as being top level. And oh, so what, be- what would his comp be on the island? Like, we, so if they're not coming after him, so he's not a jack. How, how is, is he a sexy blue stripe girl? Is oh, no, he's he probably, like, he's probably like a Saeed or, oh, Saeed, you know, okay. like, he's probably like third string, maybe. Okay. He's, he's a like a C lister or a D lister. Yeah, probably a C. Just C lister. Good yeah. to know. Good to know. All right. So then next we go to a uh, Rose flashback. Rose and Bernard. She's stuck in the snow, and sexy Bernard comes and helps her get out. We find out this is their first meeting. She offers him a cup of coffee. Man, I love this scene. Keith, what's your thoughts when you found out this was a Rose and Bernard episode? And did you did you guess it from the first scene, or when did you realize this was going to be a Rose and Bernard episode? Yeah, I mean, probably when they um, when they were focusing so much on Bernard, you know, trying to recruit those people to do the sign. What I don't do know if th- that was before or after. I think that was before the flashback, right? Uh, I think that's the next scene, but they, we opened yeah. with it. So, well, I mean, what did you think seeing that Rose and Bernard flashback? Were you like, mother F? Nah, I mean, it was it was one of those where I was like, at least it's going to be something, a different story that I can follow and maybe tie it into other things, which it did. It ended up tying more into, you know, I guess things with John Locke. Um, so. Yep, that's true. That's true. Yep. So then uh, back at the beach, Rose saved something for Hurley. Did did anyone catch what she saved for him? I, I couldn't read what food. it was. Was it some like Pop-Tarts stuff, or something, something? Something sweet. It was uh, Dharma Lars, which I'm guessing are Dharma Initiative Malamars. I'm, a, Malamars, I'm guessing, right. which is just effing awesome. But Hurley so, declines so it. Rose is enabler number one. <laughs> But Hurley declines it, says he's on a diet of fish. Then she goes and gives a Virgin Mary full of heroin to Charlie. So here you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although so his geez, fish and water diet he's is stirring up trouble. I didn't agree with that move on the, in this scene, but. <laughs> so then they're interrupted by Bernard, who wants Hurley to get Libby and Son and Jen and Jenkins, who that's Steve, right? Right, Jesse? It might be Scott. Or Scott, one of the two. We don't know. They don't know. And Froyo. And quote that Frogert guy. And then later he says, uh, and Craig, uh, to meet him in the forest. So, Jesse, first off, do you know who Craig is? And how excited were you for the first ever Frogert reference? Uh, I have no idea who uh, Craig is. And, you know, your ability to get so excited over these menial characters that always makes me happy. It really does. <laughs> but it's, it's a gag. It's just a gag. <laughs> so Daz and Fuch, do you guys remember Frogert at all? Uh, contextually only, I don't remember anything about him though. I like remember that he existed and that's about it. So um, Jesse, I was doing a little research yesterday or this morning um, I didn't finish my research, but I believe Frogert's first uh, appearance his, uh, from the web episodes is actually coincides with next week's uh, episode. So it's a deleted scene? Uh, yeah, I believe so. No, okay. but they might have just shot it for this because I don't know that they... You know, because they haven't introduced Frogert yet. So I think, I don't know. I don't know if this that was a deleted scene or if it was shot later. But we also missed one. The first ever uh, webisode, uh, what were they called? Missing Pieces, was uh, a flash. Was the only one that also, the only one that happened off the island was back in a way earlier episode where Jack's wedding it was an episode, it was one with Jack and Christian, a flashback. So, well, that one, since we already missed that episode, we will, uh, we'll, we can watch it at any time. But I'm going to try and watch these missing pieces. They're a little, what, two-minute little clips. A lot of the, especially some of the earlier ones were just deleted scenes, but they're just a little bit of fun for the episode. So you guys will meet Frogert sooner rather than later. 
So. Yeah, Broger is such a like a menial character, but it's a running gag. But it had a it had a great payoff. So yes, uh, yes, we you do love Broger in the end. I think and, and played by a very in my mind uh, essential actor. He was the guy from that thing you do. I don't know if you guys have seen that thing you do. He was their one fan at the beginning. That's the actor that plays Froger. Spoiler alert. I don't know if that's a spoiler, Jess, but. I mean, he he's, the, he's like a recognizable character actor. Yeah, you don't yeah. know his name, but when you see his face, you're like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. So, okay, Jess. So before we move on, um, I got a little bit. I, I dug a little deep into Craig, by the way. So he's not officially, he's never given a name by the writers or the casting director, but we can assume that Craig is an extra played by uh, Chris Candela. So uh, he's seen in several scenes. He's at Boone's funeral and he, I think he's standing next to Faith Faye. He also uh, helped Claire sort the wallets in the pilot. And I pulled this line from Lostpedia. During the pilot, he, quote, spent a portion of the day with SBSSG and gathered wood for the mass funeral. I guess SBSSG has to be sexy blue shirt girl, right? She's actually on someone else's Wikipedia. So there's some, there's some uh, information about, about uh, Richard uh, or Craig. I'm sorry. And for the first time in a long time, you know what I'm whipping out? I am say it. I don't want to hear that. I am whipping out. Thank you. The spreadsheet, the lost survivor spreadsheet. I know you guys are excited about that. And I have not, Thrilled. I have not done it for a while because I never put any of the tailies in. So we're going to put Craig on the spreadsheet. So then the very next scene, Bernard walks away and he tells Richard and Ralph, he tells them about his little plan and he kind of gets cut off in the middle, but we never hear from Ralph again, but we know Richard comes back. And in fact, there is a scene later in another episode with Richard and Craig together. And according to the Lostpedia, someone mentions Richard and both of the actors turn because even they probably don't know. Don't remember <laughs> they don't know who is who. So right now we are on uh, 31 survivors that we know. So let me. Uh, let me write yeah, down. so there's like 15 characters that we don't know. Yep, Richard and Ralph. Well, I'm so not because we've we, already we've already passed sexy blue shirt girl, right? Like she never shows up again. Is that right? Um, I don't know. She wasn't two episodes this season. I think she comes back in the third season, but we'll see. We haven't okay, seen her for good. a long time. Good. Because honestly, I've never yeah. noticed her while watching I've, the show. I've, so I'm just wondering if it's like, if it's done or what. I have sent you guys screenshots though, right? When I watch it, <laughs> I text it to not convinced she's real. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I, uh, I do know when her canon final episode is in canon, but that's a long way from here. So she's good. She's in for the long haul. So. <laughs> All right, so then let's go back to the aforementioned Swan. Anna Lucia tells Jack that she doesn't think the others are into trading and asks him not to go alone. He infers that he doesn't really trust Locke and that she should kind of stay in the hatch. So, does do you think that the others would be willing to trade? I don't know. I, I don't know what their... See, we don't know their relationships. Uh, we just know this guy's behavior and then what we've seen from the others, but we don't know what the relationship's like, but I kind of get always got the sense that Henry was not just an ordinary Joe, that he was someone with a lot of power because of his skill at manipulation and the way that he, you know, agitates John Locke so skillfully. Like readily and easily. Yeah. But yeah, he, he doesn't spend a lot of time with Locke, but he sort of figures him out. Well, he plays like two notes and the whole song is, is written, right? 
<laughs> so I, mean, it, I, I I feel like this person is in a position of very of a very sophisticated role, whatever he plays. So you're essentially saying he's an offspring song. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then uh, then we go back to the beach and Kate is catching something. I, did you guys catch like, was she trying to catch sea urchins or what was she trying to catch? Were they oysters? Maybe? Oyster? I thought it was oysters, but then I don't know. Why is she trying to catch? Because at the end, uh, it shows Sawyer eating something and I assume it was something oh, okay. that they had caught and he gave it to the dog. So Okay. So she's with Sawyer when Jack approaches and Sawyer calls him Dr. Giggles, which is an awesome reference to uh, a Larry Drake movie. Huge Larry Drake fan over here. Law and Order. It's awesome. You guys remember Dr. Giggles? Yeah, that was a batshit uh, movie from the early 90s that I always like. I can visualize the poster in my head to this day. Yes, yes. It's one of those like the shadow. Like I can just picture. I don't remember much of the movie, but I can picture that either the video box or the poster like. And come on, who doesn't love Larry Drake? I just know that those two words together give me the creeps. Dr. Giggles. <laughs> so then Jack tells of his plan to Sawyer and Sawyer kind of assumes he wants him to go and give him a gun. And Jack says, no, he wants Kate. So Daz, back to you, man. Why does he not want Sawyer to go? Or why would he not want Sawyer to also go? I I, I wasn't sure about that. I don't know. Are you going to flirt I, with Kate if Sawyer? Probably there? Because, that's probably the right answer. Just because... You know, Sawyer is this alpha. They're, they've already been accused of, like, trying to get into a dick measuring contest by Kate, pretty much. When she's like... Which I still want to see, by the way. <laughs> Should I get the ruler? That, that's still being played <laughs> out. And uh, Jack doesn't want to deal with him. Yeah, it's just... Why, why would you bring along the liability and headache? But doesn't that also mean that he's he's got a weakness or something? Like, Sawyer is getting to him. Oh, bro, Sawyer, Sawyer lives rent-free in Jack's head. He's he's threatened. He's a little threatened by Sawyer. So who is... So who has rattled him. Who has the better head real estate? Uh, Sawyer in Jack's head or Henry Gale in John Locke's head? Oh, did Gale. Without Gale that. is way insane. Yeah, oh, yeah. penetrating deep into the soul of John Locke. John's, like, <laughs> slowly becoming... I think, I think Henry Gale can make John Locke pee on command. <laughs> I think Henry Gale made John Locke his Helen. A little bit. <laughs> and not the good Helen. Not not, not uh, Katie Seagal. The, the phone sex Helen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, all right. So next you've seen Bernard gather up with all a group of the survivors, including Richard, who's standing behind Hurley. Now I know who Richard is. He's the Asian. He's Asian. Um, and uh, we noticed that there's no sexy blue shirt girl there. At least I noticed. So Rose interrupts his little meeting saying that they should act, ask Jack first. Um, so before we kind of know Rose's big reason, let me ask you a few. Should they have asked Jack first? Um, would So no, is the question, would I have asked Jack first or should these people have should asked they? Jack first? Should essentially, as we find out, the chorus, as uh, Darleton likes to refer to them as. Yeah, they should have asked Jack first because they don't have they don't know what they're doing about anything any at any point. But you know what? Like, I know I I, 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 I I I'm on the other side of this. I think that they they sh why why would they have to ask Jack? No, no. So that, that was you let me finish. He said me personally. They don't right. have to ask for anything. They're all free exactly. to like do whatever and, and, the fuck they is, want. Like the, this the is the thing that just makes sense to do. You you should do this if you're on an island deserted. You should make some kind of a signal to point to to to. to there yeah, is a plane yeah, that flies big, over. Big help sign. It's like yes. island survival one hundred and one. Right? Like, exclamation point. Even if you could just do a big exclamation point or something. You know, something that can like an arrow, any, yeah, any an arrow, an arrow is a good one. Indicates human presence that requires help, right? Right. 
I, I do love that uh, he, that uh, Bernard's like he's just a doctor, and Rose is like you're just a dentist. <laughs> like yeah, this this scene really which we, that means Bernard is a doctor too. Why does he not have more authority? Yeah, what's her problem? What is she trying to do? Just like emasculate him in front of these people for no reason? Like what? It's, I don't know it what seemed her like something is. that a lot yeah, of I didn't, I didn't know what her typically do. Yeah. Okay, okay, but when you find out, it's all kind of forgivable. But when you see it for the first time, it's very annoying. It's like, what is she doing? Well, why her she, logic doesn't she... stand either way. I mean, okay, well, he he's a dentist. They're equally uh, uh, unqualified for Desert Island. <laughs> I know. She says, like, you're a dentist, as if, like, that's even less. Than yeah, like, like him being, like, in her eyes, a lesser doctor somehow <laughs> yeah, right. makes him even less qualified to, like, lead them on the island. And, and everyone else is like, oh, wow, sick burn. Like, wait, yeah, like, profession. Like, it's like, okay, this guy's, this guy's smart. I was like, okay, was he a dentist that, like, went to Boy Scouts? More qualified than Jack. Like, <laughs> All right, so then uh, then next we go to Rose and Bernard on a date in Niagara Falls, and Bernard proposes. We find out after five months, she tells him she's dying of cancer, and he asks her again. She says yes. Yay. Future, if you were Bernard, would you still want to marry her knowing she only had months to live? Um, how much money she have? <laughs> and in, in, in reality, it shouldn't matter. I mean, if if you really love the person, you just make it the best year ever. So, <laughs> anyone else, Jess? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I probably wouldn't be like uh, you know, continuing on with that. So it, that would be a rough year. What if she was as hot as roses? Okay, you got me. I'm in. <laughs> what? If, okay, but why? Why get married? Why not just like go to Tahiti and live out your days? I mean, why? Or why say an them? island in the middle of the Pacific somewhere. They got because then he can't qualify for benefits of a widower. They got everything they need. No bar service, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. They're building a church. They build the uh, shelves. I'm sure a bar isn't too far behind. I'm sure. All right. So uh, so then we go back to the island and Bernard runs into Mr. Echo and Charlie. They tell him they're building a church. No more church debate whether or not we knew it's a church. Now we officially know it's a church um, and that they're going to use all the logs. So I'm going to ask Daz this time, man. Do you think that their time would be spent better helping Bernard or build the church? Uh, Bernard. Definitely Bernard. What are they going to do with a church? It's of no use. I mean, if anything, it's just like a, a, another thing to take wood. Oh, it's like another pile. Of, it's a fancy pile of wood and debris that you can use to build useful things. You must not have heard Mr. Echo then. All right, Fuge, what's your answer? I got to hear it. You are, um, his, his answer is the same as mine. Yeah, but there's more swear words in his answer. But yeah, he's not going to build build a church in a survival situation. I don't think he's like sitting down and building an altar. Time and and resources. It's very (laughs) upsetting. I I mean, they're not even building like a reliable structure, if I remember correctly, right? It's just like, it's like barely a frame. Like, it's not a proper church, right? Well, he's not a proper minister. He's a drug smuggler, if you remember. I I don't understand. I don't understand why the information of the plane going over the island and dropping the food parcel. I don't know why that isn't bigger news for all of them. That that should have told that should have sent everyone scattering to respond to the plane that might come again. That's that new information should have changed everyone's routine and they should have focused on okay. Now we know there is at least well, so no, no, so or and again, this is this is a big extrapolation, you know, or is the logic like it's a Dharma thing, like they know people are here, like they they're probably not coming for us regardless. Like, I don't know, at that point, like if they're dropped, like they either already know you're there and don't care, or they're never gonna find you. Okay. I don't think that I don't. Yeah, but I, I don't think I would assume I would. I wouldn't have enough information to assume. Oh, better not try to get their attention. 
I'm not saying I'm not trying. I would be sitting there building a church. <laughs> I definitely would not be doing that. That is correct. What, what about a church to the island with John Locke as your minister? That's the church I want to go to, the church of the island. Right. I mean, this, no. this is just not what I would do in a survival situation. But unless no, I didn't what? want to leave, you know, it's possible that when you come to the island, you feel whatever it is that's healing John Locke and healing Rose. You feel it even if you're not sick. You might feel this kind of like you feel different. People are hallucinating on the island. There's all kinds of different euphoric experiences that people might be having as a result of being on the island. Maybe that is compelling echo to settle, to nest and build the church. I mean, that makes as much sense as anything else. It doesn't take away, you know, that time could be better used, like getting food and fresh water and making Yeah, food. but I guess the way that I see it now is like, okay, it's, it's, it's annoying if you think of it as a survival situation. But if the island really is, if you take it as this very mystical place, as it's being depicted, then maybe it's not a survival situation, as Rose is showing, you know, eventually. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, all right, so let's go back to the swan. And John is sitting at the computer and he gets up and he goes to ask Henry if he answered the numbers. We get that awesome shot of Henry smiling. So, Keith, this was the, did this moment change your opinion that Henry typed in the numbers or did it not? Did you well, always think that? It gave me the idea that he was, you know, fucking with, with John Locke. So yeah, I'm thinking more now that maybe he didn't push the numbers in and well, to be honest with you, whether he did or didn't, I think he served his purpose, which was fucking with John Locke. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's never going to tell them one way or the other. So I think he's mentally succeeded. I think he knows what's happening because of his performance you know, the, 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 the way that he looked scared when these speakers were going, going off. I think we have enough information to know that Henry Gale has some knowledge of what happens. But he's then, you know, if you if you take that as an assumption, then, you know, he's fucking with John Locke. Okay. Yeah, no, I gotta agree with that. So all right, back to the beach, as they say, uh, we find out that Craig and Frogert and others have left. And no one seems interested in helping. So, Fuchs, is this really going to work? This whole sign on the beach? Is it going to... I don't think there's planes flying overhead to find them, so no. Okay. So this is a waste of their time? Or is it still yeah. worth the effort? Well, um, they, did, well they did mention satellites, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Satellites aren't really scanning. Google, Google Earth hasn't uh, found the island. Yet. Yeah, not really. Um, uh, more. Um, it, it, it's probably worth doing just from a morale standpoint and a hope stand. Like, forget efficacy. Um, it's probably good for the people to build this sign so they feel like there's a chance of getting rescued and like that it's you know like that thing is taken care of, right? Yeah. I've actually been running over in the back of my head. It, it, I, you definitely need to build this sign, right? Like from just from a from a mental standpoint, from like a checklist standpoint, like how it's actually bothering me more and more now that they've been there for like two months and haven't done this really. So let me ask you guys: How many people do you honestly think, if we pulled them at this moment in the show, want to stay on the island? I think we could say John, right? And now we know Rose. Anyone else you think would rather? Maybe Echo. Maybe Echo. You think so? Okay. What about Sawyer? I think Sawyer I think would Sawyer. rather be on the island. Yeah, I think he wants to stay. <clears throat> what about Kate? You guys think Kate? Yeah, yeah, definitely, because Kate doesn't want to get caught. Yeah, she goes to prison. Like, a lot of people are, are running from stuff. So do you guys think in the first season, had had she not kissed Jack, that Sawyer wouldn't have would have stayed because he bought his spot on the raft to get out of there. Do you think he would have stayed? Had uh... yes, yes, he probably would have. Okay. That was what they were intimating with all that information. So then we know that uh, we know that Bernard wants off, and we know Jin and Son apparently want off, right? Especially now that she's pregnant. What about Saeed? Do you think he wants off? Yes. I think he wants her off. And Charlie is, 
Charlie wants off. I think he wants off because he's going to sell some albums when he gets home. I, I don't know. Charlie, I think, is using this as like rehab. I think he wants off like eventually, but not just yet. Okay. And you think Jack wants off? Uh, Jack definitely seems like he wants off. But again, <laughs> like... You just said jack off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do know that there's one person that doesn't want to get off the island. Big Mike. Bro, you got to (laughs) stop. All right. All right. Speaking of jacking off, do do we think on the island? Yeah, he does. Do we think that Hurley wants someone to help him off? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't think Hurley knows what Hurley wants. Early wants off. Libby's okay with staying. You think so? I think she. Do you think she just? You think she really loves Hurley? Hurley? Goes, yeah, Hurley goes where Libby goes at this point. So okay, I see that. So all right. So now Bernard is or before. Sorry, we get another flashback. Uh, we go back to Rose and Bernard now in Australia, and uh, Bernard surprises her by taking her to the healer. Uh, who is Isaac of Ilulu? Il- is that what it is? Isaac of... It's, a, it's his famous formation. Right. Yeah, Uluru. Supposed to have mystical, kind of magical properties, maybe akin to what the island can do. Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah, there's, uh, there's these spots all over the world. Hmm. Yeah, and you know where vortexes are. So they, I mean, supposedly, I don't know if this is true or not. There's there's one in Sedona. There's like a a hub of vortices. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's what they're kind so, of. So Rose does this as a surprise to, uh, or Bernard does as a surprise to Rose, and she gets mad at him. So does is he in the right or is he wrong for not asking her consent? You know the okay. The opening of the scene is interesting because it says, "You know we're lost." She's like, "We're lost," and and then I, I did catch that. She just kept saying "lost," and I'm like, "I get it. You're on lost." Yeah, you are, <laughs> we're lost. And then he says, uh, "Just because you don't know where you are doesn't make mean you're lost." And I don't think that Bernard is wrong here. I mean, look at what they're they are. They're having this this spectacular adventure, and maybe. It's a sensitive topic for Rose. It's like a very sensitive, touchy thing. And it might be messing with her head a lot. I can understand why she feels the way that she feels. But I'm also thinking, like, what a fun, extravagant journey they're on. You know, it's very cool to see them in Australia. I don't know. It's very romantic to me to see them off on this adventure, going to this place driving along. I mean, that would be a spectacular thing to do, regardless of whether there was a faith healer at the end of the, the trip. Um, and then when the faith healer was revealed, like, I see why she gets upset, but I also think, you know, this is a tough thing for him to deal with. So just show him a little, you know, humor him a little bit. That's kind of what I'm thinking when I see this. And I, I also like, you know, I like the scene because, it, evo- it evokes the theme of the show. Like it's okay to be lost. I kind of like that. The- I think that theme really came out with this. They said it a bunch of times, but th- that's what I get from the scene too. Like it's okay to not really know what to do or be you know, at a loss, be lost, feel that way. And you can still enjoy life. You can still have a- like these incredible experiences. Um, so. Oh man, that's true. That's true. So then back to the yeah, island. Think, oh, sorry, go on, Jess. Well, I just think from her perspective, like her greatest fear that she can see happening is the little bit of time that they have left is consumed with him being got to fix this. We got to fix this. The way he, he seemed to get like obsessed on a task and will just go like real hard at it. And so she's afraid that like if the more he does this, like the worst it's going to get is from like the, why I think she gets upset about it. Well, the, you're right. And, and, and the, but in the end, actually she does humor him, you know, well, let's not forget, like she at first gets mad at him and that's her first reaction, but then she humors him and she says, yeah, I'm all better. He fixed me. That was a, like a nice thing for him that she did. Yeah. She sees an out for, so she doesn't have to have the right. treatment again, you know? 
Well, she she does both. She humors him and affirms that he's not wrong to feel the way that he feels and that, his, you know, he is, his act is a good natured thing, but she's also putting a stop to it because she is concerned about it getting kind of getting out of control. Maybe. Yeah. I agree, guys. So back in the island, Bernard's trying to get Sawyer to help when he uh, Pasadena's, as he says, and he goes to Rose and complains to her that she caused most of the people to leave this little project. Jesse, is it her fault that everyone left? Or was he just being a dick? I think he's being a dick. Uh, he he should have finessed that situation a little bit better, but I think he drove him away. I mean, we find out why later, but I agree. So then we go back to Jack and Kate, who are in the woods, and she's flattered that he chose her over Sawyer. And he points out that they didn't want her because they gave her back when they captured her. He also points out that he asked Saeed, who first turned him down, Fuge, did did he turn Jack down by saying, I'm not in the episode. I'm the only one not in this episode. No? Wait, what? Saeed, he's the only one not in the episode. Is that why he told, turned down Jack? I can't come with you. Yeah, Naveen, I'm not in this Naveen episode. Andrews, he, he flew home for the, for the week, and so... That's yeah, he was just, yeah, he was on, yeah, he just wasn't there that week. So I, think yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. In actuality, Jesse, did, did the others really not want to go with Jack or Jack and Kate? Like, do you think he really made an effort or did he really want Kate to come with? Yeah, I don't even think he asked Saeed. I think he just went straight for Kate. Do you think he would have rather have gone with Anna Lucia, though? You think he's uh, torn that- over the two or? He's not really pursuing the Anna Lucia thing. He could like he should have been working that angle the whole time, but he had it at all because it was set up like she gave him the go ahead, like, hey, let's get a drink, you know? He's afraid though. He's afraid of Big Mike. <laughs> she is a murderer. <laughs> well, so is Jack. He murders those ladies' hearts week after week in this episode. In this episode. <laughs> All right, sorry, Fuge. All right, so then Jack and Kate, they get uh, caught up in Russo's trap. So, Fuge, wouldn't this scene have been better if Sawyer was there? I mean, we would have gotten at least one Return of the Jedi nickname out of this, right? I mean, everything's better when Sawyer's there. That is true. That is true. I mean, we'd name one scene that was would have been worse with Sawyer in it. Where he the, the, the deleted uh, Rose and Bernard sex scene. That made it so much better. I mean, <laughs> he's high fiving Bernard. Tag me in, buddy. Uh, uh, Sawyer's just cucked over. Bernard's just cucked over in the corner watching uh, uh, Sawyer and Rose go at it. Yeah, but Sawyer's wearing uh, jeans. You know, he's wearing jeans. He doesn't take the damn jeans off. Yeah, but that's okay. Uh, he went with cutoffs this time. So he's still got some <laughs> he's yeah, never he's nude. The, he's, He's in the he's in the corner over there giving them uh, a helpful advice while he's giving them nicknames during their sex. <laughs> so then, after a quick scene with Bernard yelling at Jen, we see John at the beach staring out into the water, and Rose comes to talk to him, and John tells her he's done with the hatch, and we find out later that she knows John's secret. Um, we kind of in, in you know we kind of get that here though. So the only other person. Up to this point in the show, that knew John's secret was who? Anyone know? It was Boone. And oh. Boone found out in the episode Deus Ex Machia, which was the 19th episode of the season, just like this. Jesse, is that a coincidence? Uh, yeah, it's a coincidence. But we can also infer that he told Walt. Well, we like, don't Walt, know do you, particularly, you but know, yeah, do, we can assume. Do you want to? Do you want to hear a secret or something like that? Like early on. Okay, Jesse. So you think that as a coincidence? What if I told you that the next time someone finds out about John being in a wheelchair, it was in the nineteenth episode of season three? Uh, still a coincidence. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna ride that. No. Nope. Yeah. Okay. True. The next person Take to it. find out about his his legs is in the 19th yeah. episode of season three. Well, he 
weird when they find out in the season in the 19th episode of season four, considering there is no 19th. Episode. <laughs> That's it's the reason crazy. why they stopped yeah. bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. All right, all right. So then we go back to Rose's flashback where she's meeting with Isaac of Uluru. Of course, we've said played by uh, Wayne, who was Grand Moff Tarkin, Revenge of the Sith, and he tells her that he couldn't fix her. And she tells him that, you know what, just keep the money. I'm just going to tell Bernard you fix me. So, Jesse, I'm going at you again. With this guy's name, Isaac, you know, there's an Isaac in the Bible who is the son of Jacob. Is there any correlation between Isaac and Isaac's son of Jacob in the Bible? Uh, There's a lot of Bible kind of connections throughout this show, but I don't know. You know, I'm not too big on the Bible, so I don't really know much about it. So, sure. It's, it's possible they drew that line, but uh, I don't think it has any meaning going forward. I mean, the, he, the, the God of Abraham is literally the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob. Okay. We'll have to keep an eye out for Jacob. Uh, all right. So then we get back to the forest, which it's raining again. And Kate tells Jack about the medical hatch and gets upset about her not telling him which she responds that she was going to tell him when she gets back in the club. So again, Daz, do you think she should have told him? I don't know. There's a little weird thing going on between them. They don't totally trust each other. So, you know, do you think they don't trust each other just to make their romance hotter? They got to keep things spicy. I think it's true. I think that's right. I was like, to keep things spicy, they got to keep playing this spy versus spy game. You know, they're, they're always trying to kind of one up each other somehow. Like go go around each other's back. I don't know. It's part of their dance, their cycle of romance. Okay. So, all right. so then back at the beach where it's not raining, uh, Rose brings Bernard some food and she confesses uh, to Bernard that Isaac did not heal her. And she tells him that, you know, the island healed her and that, uh, you know, we do find out about John in the wheelchair. So, Keith, let me ask you a couple questions. First, do you think she's really healed? Um, yeah, just as much as John can walk. Yeah. Do you think that actually Isaac did heal her and the island's getting all the credit for it? No, um, <laughs> I do have one question, though. Why did why did we think Isaac said he couldn't heal her? Like, is, did, did, did she have a different type of cancer that this uh, part of the... Um, what not island, but what whatever we called it. What did you call it earlier, Doss? Um, these special spots, vortex. Yeah. So this vortex only did um, some versions, but not all versions. To me, that was a little weird. So I have a theory, Keith. Now that you ask it, um, here's my opinion. And I guess you know who am I? I know nothing, but you know I'm assuming that th- these guys are mostly quacks. And but what I think they go off of is people's faith in them. You know what I mean? So like if you have all this faith that this guy's going to heal you, he's going to tell them that you're healed thinking that your body is going to heal itself. So seeing that Rose had zero confidence that he was going to heal her. I think he sensed that. And in real, and I think in real life, if this situation were to happen, this would be why. That's my opinion. Um, you know, you know, you don't think they're frauds. They they believe in what they're doing. They're quacks. I I think, I think that these guys. Did anyone ever see Leap of Faith with Steve Martin and Liam Neeson? It's a great movie about Steve Martin is this like big top, uh, you know, faith healer minister who comes with this church to all these towns and he goes to this small town and I mean, he's a scam. It's a big scam. And they kind of show the behind the scenes of them, all these people in earpieces and, um, and then Lucas Haas is in it. One of his first movies and he believes and he's a, a cripple and he gets up because he thinks he's going to watch. It's, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, these guys, I think they know they're really not healing them, but they're going to get you to believe so much that you're going to heal yourself. I don't know. That's my opinion. Anyone else? But only, no, I mean, but only, like a lot of people yeah. 
do like fake organ transplants and shit and like show you removing organs like, like man on the moon uh when that, they did that fake thing to andy when you see when he sees him pull out the fake chicken out yeah like they they do like that's pretty par for the course man like they it it's a i think it's a known scam like they know they're scamming you they don't think you're gonna get better they don't think you think you're gonna get better they're literally just stealing your money but don't you think the show was presenting it as if this guy was legit when he said i can't help you that was to me the show is saying this guy's this guy's a real deal he knows that he can't help her from this show did frame it as though he did have some form of power and like he saw her future or something because he wasn't like he didn't say you can't be healed he was like i can't heal you right and he even says like maybe somewhere else yeah he's like yeah he says somewhere the energies are different right it might work yeah because i mean like if, if he was total a total scam he would have been like you're healed you know that'll be ten thousand dollars yeah i've already, <laughs> yeah, money, I've already got, please. I've already got your money like a doctor so, yeah 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 like a doctor <laughs> <laughs> or like a dentist here's your pills i don't know they might work bye <laughs> so then back in the hatch john's listening to old otis redding and uh he seems to have his faith restored when he goes through, we go through a bunch of people on the island and we see Sawyer petting Vincent. It's just good to see Vincent again. And then we go I back. Alive like that. Like yeah. That. Then we go yeah, back. I like, oh, go on. I like Vincent is now off leash. Vincent gets to go wherever he wants and just kind of roams the island. I like that. Oh, Vincent's full on free dog at this point. There's, there's yeah. no stopping him. Well, yeah. I mean, who's there to stop him? Everyone that uh, took care of him is either missing or dead. dead. <laughs> yeah. So then now uh, we go back to Jack and Kate and she apologizes for kissing him and they hear footprints in the forest and boom, Michael. So Keith, uh, let me ask you before we end this episode, what's Michael been up to these last, I want to say it's like nine weeks, something like that. Well, Evidently, there was something going on that he, I don't know. I mean, hanging out with the others, running away from them. He's definitely got some information. Did so he get his skull cracked in? Yeah, I mean, so what do you think he's been up to? You don't have any, like. Like I said, probably either chasing the others, chasing, running away from the others, um, trying to find out where they're, they're staying at on the island. On the island. Yeah, it just. It could be any of that stuff, but I honestly have no idea. Okay. All right. So uh, this is uh, his first episode after being missing for eight episodes. So eight in a row missing, and now he's back. So very, very, very exciting. Guys, it is time to say goodbye to the one loss in this episode. I only got one. Anyone got anything besides Rose's cancer and Bernard's bank account? Maybe a a uh, Bernard's dignity when Rose. Yeah, his, his uh, masculinity. <laughs> and I guess that uh, whatever the hell Kate caught in Sawyer 8. But uh, goodbye to their no longer not being a Rose and Bernard episode. done and uh they do point out that there's they pointed on the podcast that there's no more clip shows no more nothing 
just the last one, two, three, four, five episodes, but there was a clip show actually. Oh, that reminds me of why I wanted to say I really liked this episode because not too much happened in terms of the plot. We're, we're, I, I like these episodes where we get to explore the characters and just kind of, I don't know, get to know them. I like knowing more about Rose and Bernard. I thought that was a great backstory and it's cool not necessarily going forward in the story and just being able to get lost in the show. Yeah, it is crazy how, like, when we lose the fluff after season three, like, this episode would never exist. It wouldn't have, no, it would have made, and, and these, are the sh- these are the kinds of episodes that some people were complaining about. Like me. Maybe, maybe and maybe me too at some point. I'm not saying that so, so, was, here's, they're all guess, good. Nah, so this is this is where you can have all of this exposition and all of this character building and all of this storytelling and it's not its own episode like i think the the issue isn't that you need more or less it's just that you need to compact it you can accomplish all of the same goals in like 10 minutes yeah it's true but she need you know these actors they're such good actors they needed their own episode you know i looked at uh, what's her name caldwell Oh, L. Scott Caldwell. L. Scott Caldwell. I looked up her her filmography, and you know she's playing all these bit parts, these character roles in tons of different TV shows. It's like four or five different TV shows, one or two episode parts for years and years and years. And she finally got this kind of, I think, this big beefy character in Lost. She did such a great job. Nothing wrong with a little beef in her character, man. She brings the beef. <laughs> Where's the beef? It's right there, sleeping next to Bernard. To her roll. Rosy beef. Did you say roll on purpose? <laughs> no. But thank you for catching the pun that I didn't intend. Well, you know what? Like, it is funny that she got this big role and then she left to go do a play and then missed most of the first season. Oh, and really yeah, she's got a lot of integrity. She's a really good actress, but she's not known for big parts. She's not the leading lady. She's not a typical leading lady, but on Lost, they made her into one for at least a little bit. Here's so. the thing, though. I, honestly, until uh, the day she passes away, which hopefully is many, many, many decades from now, um, she will always be Rose, I think. Yeah, totally. Exactly. This is like kind of one of the parts of her career, if not the part. Like just like a lot of these guys, just I mean, like I, John Locke, Terry O'Queen will always be John Locke. I love Josh Holloway. He is never not going to be Sawyer. Right, right. But then again, yeah. you know, Evie Lilly. I thought she'd always be Evangeline Lilly, and she's done a lot of big stuff since this. But somewhere deep down inside, she's always going to be Kate for me. I think. But like, even I'm watching Morning Show, and the actor Nestor Carbonell has a small part. We haven't seen him yet in Lost. But he is a small reoccurring part. Um, and he's on the morning show. And it's like, man, that is, I can't wait for him to show up in Lost. And I see him. He was in uh, Dark Knight. He was the the mayor of Gotham in the Dark Knight trilogy, at least the last two Dark Knight movies. And still like. Oh, yeah. Eyeliner. Yeah. And still yep. like he is Richard Alpert. I'll just say his name. He's Richard Alpert. He always will be Richard Alpert. So. And, yes, uh, totally, totally. And a lot of these guys never are get out of that role. A lot of these guys are. I think it's just because this show is, at least for me, it's meant so much to me. And yeah, well, Michael, and, Michael, and, Michael and such chewy parts. Yet, They're you know? great, great written roles. You, like you get a lot of range. You get to do all kinds of interesting things as an actor when you appear on Lost. They they were good to the actors, and the actors could really. Heck, he's had a big career, but. Uh, Adewale will always be Echo to me, and I know he was. I, know, in, I can't. Re- I can't recall seeing him in anything else. He was but, the um, the Croc guy in the Suicide Squad movie. He was in all that makeup, and he he was in. Uh, oh well, you how could you tell? Because I, I know it was him. I mean, how would you tell? Yeah, that's true. He was in the concussion yeah. movie. Oh, Will he'll Smith. always be Adebisi and Oz to me. He was fucking terrifying on that show. I've only seen one episode of Oz and it had Louis Guzman, which I love Louis Guzman, but uh, 
It's the only episode I've ever seen. I don't know if he's only in one episode or not. I want to say he gets raped in the shower, but. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, that, that happens pretty often. In ours. <laughs> All right. Should we uh, let him know who's next week's episode is, Jess? Yeah, go ahead. Big Mike. Okay, well, it's not Big Mike's episode, but it's Anna Lucia's. Although, Fuch, I don't believe Big Mike is in the episode. Surprising. So, Big Mike does not make an appearance. I have so, a feeling that you're going to make him make an appearance. On uh, you know what? <laughs> Out of respect for Fuch, if I remember, I will not play the Big Mike sound effect. But I make no I promise. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is our episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, guys. Um, Man, we are so close, man. We're in the 20s next week. Four more episodes until the third season. I've been thinking, I got a lot to say about the third season, man. Everyone pans it as such a hated season. I came up with a bunch of great things about it. So we'll talk about that after this. But we'll see you next week. We have to go back. I love you. Peace.